Hello, everybody, and welcome to Flawless, a music podcast. My name is Liam, and I'm here with the two greatest co-hosts a podcast host could want, George. Hello! And Grant. Hi there, and that's a true story. <laughs> that's a true story. Uh, each episode, one of the hosts or a guest nominates an album they think is flawless, and we talk about why they love it, how they discovered it, and why they think it's flawless. We have a Patreon. You can back us from as little as $1 a month, and there's content bonuses at 5 and $10 a month, we swear. You can find us at patreon.com slash flawlessamp. And, oh, no, Grant's doing the tone Slow down, down. Slow down noise. Slow down, boy. I know you're excited, yeah. and, we, and we should be. And we are also now part of the Play On Radio Network, along with some other great podcasts like the Australian Music Diaries. Our episodes air Monday afternoons at 5 p.m. Eastern Daylight Savings Time, and you can hear them at playonradio.live. So, as, you, as Grant has explained, I am very excited. I can, we can hear, literally. Because today, I get to nominate an album. Aww. Oh, yes. This is one of those bands where I've, they've always been on the list. They were always going to be nominated. It was just a matter of uh, figuring out which album it was going to be. I've been waiting. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, Come you on, have been waiting. Uh, in in Messenger, these, these, the comms has been around. Yeah. So I finally settled on an album and I'll explain why as part of the podcast. But the album I'm nominating today is the second album by English indie rock band Gomez. And it is called Liquid Skin. May I stop you there? Because we are now 50 plus episodes in. We are. And this is dear to your heart. Yes. As we could hear. So this has taken better part of 18 months, huh? Two and years. So here it's we been, are. It's two, been two years. Two glorious years that yeah. you've, you've known us. Yeah. And you're now walking to the line mm-hmm. and delivering. Here yes. we are. Here we are. Let's dance. Yeah. Come on. Would like me to very briefly touch on why I would, I've picked this album before waiting. we get too deep into oh, it. No, well, you, it's, yeah. your, it's your show, sir. Okay. It's your show. So this album came out on 13th of September 1999. It was released by Hut Records, which yes. means, of course, last year, 2019, was its 20th anniversary. Ah. Woo. And uh, as part of the 20th anniversary, they toured the album and came out, to here, came out here to Australia and played it in full. That was part of their tour. They toured all over the world. But the whole point of the tour was to play that album in full. And dare I ask, did you attend? I very much attended, yes. You very much? Very, very much. much. So multiple 12, venues? Uh, no, it was at the Tivoli. So 12 months earlier was the 20th anniversary of their first album called Bring It On. And they toured that album to Australia but didn't come to Brisbane. So, and you were sad in your heart about that. And I that. was sad, except I think I went down to Melbourne and saw it down there. I think you did. <laughs> Sounds sure like did. you. <laughs> um, so when they came, when they said we're coming to Brisbane to play Liquid Skin in full, they said, hey, because you guys didn't get to see Bring It On in full, we will play a two-set album Stop set. Stop it. Their entire first album is the first set. Take a break. Our entire second album is the second set. Aww. Was it everything you dreamed of it was really, and more? It was really great. Aren't English it. Of people I loved it. lovely? These are, this is one of my favorite live bands of all time. And I've seen them probably. Of all time? Yeah, yeah. 
these would be these guys would probably be my number two favorite live band of all time. Is something for Kate number one? Yeah. <laughs> oh, they are there. wow! And, and it would be, and yeah, they might be three if you count Paul Dempsey as separate as something for Kate, because then they'd, they'd be spot one and two. But other than that, in non something for Kate related bands, they're the top, and I love them. I've seen them <laughs> heaps of times. I've seen them all, like we've seen them in New York, seen them different places, seen them all over the place. It's been great in Europe as well, in England. Mm-hmm. Because so, they live apart. I mean, that's what we're researching. Yes. So they, they don't all live together in the sta- same town even. They started out as five Country. boys from England. Correct. Art school boys just hanging out, playing, fucking around, doing stuff. And two of them live in my hometown of Brighton. Mm-hmm. Thank you mm. very much. And then they became stars, kind of. And then they went their separate ways. And two of them now live in the US. Ian Ball, who we'll talk about in a moment, he lived yeah. in Australia for a little while. He was producing albums here in Australia. He's now living in the US. Drummers living in the US. They live very far apart now. Back to the gig. They play the entire first album and the entire second album. In the Tivoli and last year. In the Tivoli last year. And that's the two albums that I've been trying to decide from. Nah. I could make an argument for the third. I could almost stretch it to the fourth. But you'd have to have known the first two for the third and the fourth ones to be flawless to make sense. So they're playing the two albums back to back. He's playing us. Yeah, no, no. They play the two albums back to back. The first album ends with it has a big epic song as the second last one and then it ends with a little 45 second ditty which is just a recall of the first recalls the melody from the first song of the album and that's the reason that's the only reason that album might not be flawless is that 45 second thing doesn't need to be there or that album is called bring it on it is called bring it on oh so the band's playing bring it on they Mm -hmm. get to the end of their really big epic song and instead of playing that little ditty, they just walk off stage and have the little ditty played over the mic, over the thing. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? If you guys don't love that song enough to play it, then I'm happy to say that that rules that album out wow. from being flawless. And now here's so the So you gave up Whippin' Piccadilly. I did. So, which is the main song from the first album. Um, Get Myself Arrested and 78 Stone Wobble and Free to Run, Free to Run. Right. This is not anyway. only that. This is a multi-year pitch that you've been developing. This is yeah. what I've apart from that. <laughs> so right. you, you've got so live in, data to compare. In that moment last year, yes. I decided here it is. They they've just told me that they don't think this first album's flawless because they cannot be bothered playing that little song. So let's move on to Liquid Skin. They might have just forgotten. Like I've been in a band, no, we it, forget. It, it played over the loud. It played. They had no, it, it as the backing song. Offer. They got the house music to play that little ditty bit at the end mm. as they walked off. Yeah, but they, they might have wow. literally forgotten how to play it. It's been yes. a while. And it doesn't make sense. And the, uh-huh. the instruments they have, they don't have them. The instruments on stage. To play uh, anyway. okay. So it's, yeah. Fair enough. Anyway. So, so wow. Okay. Gomez. Ah. Let me get some names. British. Go they are British. They are British. British. They are British. Well um, what I, what I um, in researching whilst you're looking for that, these guys opened for Pearl Jam mm, in 2009 yes. in the Backspacer tour. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, this guy's <laughs> obviously. I, I am an, a massive Pearl Jam fan. And, um, really? No, yeah. Yeah, yeah, true story. Shocking. And they didn't say today even that a new album's out in March. They didn't say that, which is <gasps> Did they a not? little bit exciting. Yeah. But, right. Carry on. Gomez. Gomez are Ian Ball on guitar and vocals, Ben Ottowell on guitar and vocals, Tom Gray on guitar, keyboards and vocals, Paul Blackburn on bass, Ollie Peacock on the drum synths and computers, and at the time they had a sixth member, Dejon Everett, who did all their extra percussion. So you may have noticed from that list <laughs> that there are three vocalists in mm. Gomez, which is one of my favorite things about them. You may notice from listening to Gomez listen that there are three vocalists yeah. yeah. If you listen to the <gasps> album, you <laughs> that up. So Grant, 
assuming this was your first exposure to the band known as Gomez, did you pick up that they had three separate... How long did it take you to realize that there were multiple vocalists and not just like a lead and some backing ones, but three individual vocalists? Well, that's a good question, actually. I don't actually... No, bullshit aside, I don't know if I, if I realized <laughs> that there were three, but um, I'd never heard of them before at all, mm-hmm. um, which saddened me. Right. Because I felt like I've missed out. Mm-hmm. I don't... I hate missing out. <laughs> Jeez, I hate missing out. But don't you learn so much from these podcasts? I know. I've learned so much. Yeah. Gomez, wowzers, where the flip of these oaks been? Yeah. And, um, you know, like, wow, just great from from the start. Mm-hmm. I'm like, be my hangover girl? Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. Seriously cool. Mm. Like, wow. I'm just... If you've got a chick who can be a hangover girl, you sort it. <laughs> like, it's as simple as that, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't yeah. that every man's dream? I'm hungover. You, my chickity. So happy. I'm hurting. <laughs> you've You're never sounded me. more like a white guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, forgive me for being. She me. waters down the rain when you get home. Oh. It's going to rain when you get home, but she's going to water that down. I, I, don't, I don't even know what that means. Th- but, no, that's, but that's fine. <laughs> it doesn't matter because. I'm going to be hanging By in the this morning. point, they have enough money for drugs, so it's totally fine. Yeah. Oh, sure, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So, what? So three three vocalists. Ben Ottawell, he's got the gravelly, super bluesy voice. He's the one that does the really stretchy, like, he needs to, like I used to call him the Mexican-sounding one, so the really bluesy, raspy kind of one is Ben. Mm-hmm. Ian Ball, is he's got the really soft English, like the super soft, super English accent one. And then Tom Gray is he's the other English accent one, but he's got a bit of more of a joint a jaunty sort of flow to his sort of stuff. So Ian and Tom can be hard to pick sometimes, but Ben always stands out. And the say and the lineup hasn't changed since nineteen ninety six. Um, so Dejon doesn't do stuff with yeah. him anymore, but other yeah. than that it's those same five guys. Hey. Always has been. Twenty four so, years. Yep. It's a long time. It is a long time. But it's yeah, I they take long breaks. So they haven't released an album since 2011. They, oh, they, wow. Okay. They used to tour in Australia like every year, every, every year, which is why I've seen them so many times. But they've stopped doing that now because they live apart. The other thing I will say as well as um, the last time we saw them, though I've always thought they were one of the world's elite live bands. Now they're five expert musicians who clearly don't hang out with each other and rehearse all the time. Okay. So they've come back together. They've Yeah, I read that the, somewhere. They've come back together. They've rehearsed for the tour. They know what they're doing. They're expert musicians and they're best friends. But you can see that they're not just as... Just a bit off. Not, not, not even... Yeah, not even off. Just not as in sync as they would have been when they used to spend sure. 12 months, 9, 10, How many times do you around. think you've seen them? At least 20. 20? Yeah. That's Definitely. Weird. Wow. Because they used to come here all the time. They used to play festivals here all the time. So I might see them two, maybe even three times a year. We've seen them overseas. It's just... Where are they? In New York, you said? In the UK? Uh, definitely in New York. Um, we may have seen them in a festival in the US somewhere else. I'm not quite sure. Okay. But yeah, the night we landed in New York, they were playing in a venue called the Substation, which was basically modeled out like it was a big power station. Yeah. And we went and saw them there. Like landed, cleared customs yep. on our way. Went, got to the hotel... Dropped it off. Can't even remember how we got from the hotel to the venue, but it must have been close by, and we just got there and walked in, and they were how good they were that? starting. Or yeah, it was right there. It was really that's, cool. That's awesome. Yes. Wow. Mm. Super fan. So George. Yes. I know you've heard of Gomez before because you have a story. Oh, George. Which story am I going to tell you? You met them. 
well, yeah, you just ruined the story. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yes, I have indeed seen Gomez before. Um, I uh, I owned their first record, Bring It On. So mm-hmm. I had the I had singles and went, yep. So I had that one, and um, they were nominated for the Mercury Music Prize, yes. which is a really big deal over in the UK. And you get, it used to be 10 grand, I think it's more now. Um, and basically just any genre gets nominated and a group of people um, who are like pro- professionals in the industry come together and rate those albums and as to whether they win or not. And they have to be, they fit certain categories. Um, one of my friends back in the UK is a judge for the Mercury Music cool. Prize. So that's kind of cool. Um, but the year that they brought out, um, so when they brought out Bring It On, the first 1998. Album, mm-hmm. Yeah. They won the Mercury Music Prize. And interestingly, they were up against. Yeah, this is like a star studded lineup. <laughs> what the hell? Better than this Massive Attack, Mezzanine, Pulp, This Is Hardcore. The Verve, Urban Hymns, I own all those records. <laughs> wow. So, uh, yeah. So 19- and they rolled them. Pardon? Rolled and they rolled them. And, yeah. and, and Robbie Williams as well. In there as, he was oh, I as well. did not own that record. <laughs> uh, but uh, I owned literally all those other records, which I didn't realize, which is very, very funny when yeah. um, I looked at it. So um, I have indeed heard of them mm-hmm. um, and <laughs> owned the first record. And I saw Amazing. them live um, at V98 Festival when I also saw Dandy Warhols. We've talked about cool. Iggy Pop, James Brown, uh, yes. other such bands. Uh, but V98, I was hanging around um, as you do, and they're loitering with intent. Uh, I was waiting for a band to play, probably. Um, and I saw Gomez, and um, they were kind of waiting to justify going backstage. It looked like um, so they they had their passes and stuff, but because they were just awkward boys that didn't look in even slightly famous um they were stood um waiting to go backstage in the big cordoned off area um on the side to the stage so i was was on the right hand side and i was waiting for the next band and it was in the afternoon um and i recognized them and because one of them and i should have googled it one of them was like super cute with glasses that's tom okay that one so um i (laughs) i was like had a real thing for boys with glasses in indie bands um and so yeah so i kind of went over and i was like hey shit you're gomez and so i just walked up and i was just talking to them like casually as you do and they were really nice. they were really nervous about speaking to fans at the time like it was really awkward for them um and then i saw them again at reading festival in 2000 and the saturday main stage line uh, lineup was gomez beck pulp nice <laughs> so i saw them in a row so uh yeah so i've I've seen them before but only at festivals uh they were very good Mm -hmm. so um, and but you hadn't heard liquid skin before uh no no weirdly i was like i like them but they were like i was like you're cool in that genre and that's but i kind of moved into various Mm. directions at that point so 98 i was a child and visited various different bits of music but mm. that you couldn't listen to the radio without hearing their singles. Yeah, yep. Which is really interesting. I found so first album comes out in '98, wins the Mercury Music Prize. English press obviously cracks a shit. This is like holy shit. These guys mm. are the future. Second album comes out, um, did better chart wise than first. It got to number two in the UK, number nine in Australia. Um, you know, did really, wow, really well. Eh? Did really well. Um, number two in the UK. When as you said, there's there's yeah. 
Urban Hymns and mm-hmm. Massive Attack. Oh, well, that was for the stuff. previous album, and, but yeah. Sure, but I mean, yeah. no, no, so, so, same era. Yeah, yeah, oh, sorry. Yeah, but in that era, yeah, you're yeah, right. Like, yeah, but yeah. in that era, yeah. yeah. In That's the, huge. Like the mid to late 90s in the UK was feral. Mm. It was incredible. Um, but this album, they, so the first album was a bit more straightforward folk. And this album, they started incorporating a lot of other elements into it. So a lot of Americana, a bit of jazz, all those sorts of different mm. stuff. And the English press turned on them a little bit. The, particularly really? Their example was the NME, was basically like gave it a dud review, said, no, nah, Gomez have lost it. They were up here and now their second album is just shit and it's terrible. That's probably why I didn't buy it because I used to read the NME like all the time. I've wow. subscribed. Then, but everybody loved it and it did really well and they're still really proud of it. And they, they I read an interview with Ben where they were saying um, – uh, the Americana thing gave the likes of the enemy and Melody Maker a way to be critical, which was good. It was really good when we won the only award in the enemy that was voted for by their readers. So wow. the end of the year award. So it was the they won the live music, the enemy live music award. So as part of the enemy awards, they the live music award gets nominated, gets voted on by their readers, and Gomez won that, got nominated, won the award. And then had to basically go to Gomez and say, hey, can you come to our awards night? Because it's really important for awards people to be at our awards night. And they're like, we're playing the Fillmore in San Francisco because this super <laughs> famous US venue was really huge. And they were like, sorry. So, yeah, they kind Dick of... nicked. <laughs> yeah, basically. So, yeah. So, the album opens with, as you mentioned, Hangover. So, it's just that really quiet at the start. And um, like the, almost like you're, it's almost like it's a live gig. Like it's the background noise at the start, and maybe a little bit of noise out the back, mm-hmm. and then it just kicks straight in with the slide guitar and Ben's vocals, which I really love. And it's just like that explosion of music right from the start, which I think is really cool. That for me was like, hello, it's the Gomez record. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But as somebody that had listened to them ever before, it was like, yep, that's exactly what Gomez mm-hmm. sound like. Done. And I knew nothing. I knew nothing. And I liked it. You got there straight you go. into it right from that start yeah. bit. Yeah. Really cool. There you go. And then. So Ben sings the vo- Ben sings the um, "Be the Light from My Window" the verse, and then Tom sings the chorus. And there's all like because they've got three vocalists, and they, this stage they've got six music instrumentalists mm-hmm. as well. They create little mini soundscapes, like they create little pieces, and they use the vocals as little instruments. So there will be times when it's just one of them singing, and times when one singing and another backing and harmonizing. But they use that harmonizing really carefully. So halfway through this one. It just slops like just for four beats, where it's like there's this mod- muddy stomp. straight back up again so it's like they just love playing around with these song structures and stuff that wouldn't necessarily work and then at the um yeah it ends with ian singing it's gonna rain when i get home just on repeat and just sort of going straight through what do you think that means this is the thing about so i had i was looking through this i actually don't know what most of these songs are necessarily about like sure. even, even when the verse even when the name of the song says what it's about yeah i don't really know what they're trying to say with it and then i was looking through i found an interview where they did a track by track for the anniversary okay. And some of them, they were like, this song's about this and this song's about that. And then some of them would be like, there's one we'll talk about later where this song's about this, except that Tom wrote it and he really should have sung it. So I, because they're all vocalists and they're all songwriters, they all bring, you know, they, all their songs usually start with one of them having written a piece of it or a mm-hmm. melody or an idea and then brought it to the group and then they all sort of manipulate it from there. So it's like, this song's about this, except that I sing it now, except that Tom should have sung it because it was his song and when he wrote it, it was actually about that. 
So just what they mean, what the songs are about changes when they, yeah. So it's it's often not easy to see. And it starts off one way and it winds up another. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. they just create those little structures and then, and then go from there. Um, So revolutionary kind is once again, it sort of opens like with a really soft and acoustic and just Ben's voice on its own. And then the second verse brings in some more guitar and then there's like some click and beep stuff and there's island guitar and it's all just lots of different sounds and soundscapes just being brought all in together. And then it comes in and there's like the, there's like a pause and then there's a smashing like an acoustic melody and Ben's just in full thrall, like he's screaming out where he says, again they use the different voices to do the different pieces of harmonizing so it's like it started out as a soft song and then it's exploded into a big one they use the different vocals as different parts which i always really love and it goes on to the first single yeah so there were three Three. singles from the album yeah um bring it on rhythm and blues alibi and then we haven't haven't turned turned around around. so yeah which is on american beauty yes Mm. yeah so they got which i wouldn't remember but Sure. Yeah. I don't I have watched it. I don't remember it being in the movie. I'd be, yeah, I haven't seen it in a really long time, but yeah. they, we haven't turned around was in that movie. So that got them a bit of us exposure as well. So mm-hmm. they've always been one of those things where they, once they'd made it big in the UK, they sort of, sometimes their label would get them to focus on yeah. the US probably in really exclusion hard, to the yeah. UK. Yeah. And then, sure. like we said, they split up their time. So they were living in different places. So yeah, we haven't turned around was on that. Um, they released an EP after this called Machismo and, the first song on that was in Gone in 60 Seconds. So they had label oh, stuff okay. getting them into Mr. Cage. movies. Yeah. And Angelina Jolie, um, I think. Yeah. So, but not the, like, so they use it for five seconds and they don't use any part where they're doing the vocals. So it's just a really oh, picky, it's just a really yeah. picky guitar melody that's really upbeat. Nah. And they just use that bit. It's like, oh. So, so before we continue, you, how many albums do you own? Of theirs, yes. all of them. So they have, <laughs> se- they have. I'm gonna ask the obvious. Lols. They have seven yeah. albums, uh, a B sides album that came out right after this one, and like a B sides and compilation yes. stuff, and uh, a few EPs. And so I've, good. We've got ev- we've got everything. Wow. Love it, love it. Always have loved them. And did your missus love them as well? Michelle loved yes. them as well. Michelle loves them as well. Yeah, absolutely. Did you know her before you knew Gomez? No, nope, I knew Gomez before. So and I. So you united in your love. Yeah. Pre. So my love from Gomez. You're married to Gomez more than you're married to. Well, that's what I've heard. Not more than, longer than. (laughs) I haven't seen them in like seven years. (laughs) Um, So I got introduced to Gomez from the first single from their first album. So a friend of mine, sure. which was in 98. Which we you chose not school. to pitch as a perfect album. Yeah. For the reasons we've already discussed. For the reasons discussed. Amazing. Um, so yeah, so my 78 stone. the name of the third track. Yes. yes. So Bring It On's name the first album, Bring It On's on the second album. This album's called Liquid Skin and the compilation B-Sides has a song called High on Liquid Skin. So they just got a little bit weird with their titles. Ooh, and just oh, like, I mean, I when they, when they fell works. in love with a phrase, they sure. just stuck with it. Wow. So, so yeah, I mean, this is this is great. It's like a story and a story. Yeah. So uh, outside of loving Hangover Girl, what was your sort of first impressions, Grant? Where does one start? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, look, 
first and foremost, I started, and it's interesting you say this, it's th- three voices because I probably would have mm-hmm. said two, sure. I went, yes, I don't know if I like the Oaks voice. Okay. To be honest. Um, the bluesy one or the, English, who, the who's to know? doesn't know? It's, it's largely irrelevant. Yeah. <laughs> um, but also go, well, did I really dig um, Eddie from another band's voice? Um, <laughs> when I first heard that, and I don't want to dwell on, on, on the past. So, and, and isn't, you know, the fact that it's a little bit different, intriguing and mm. what I actually like. So um, first off, I was probably like, whoa, I'm not so sure about this. But then second, third, listen, I'm like, hey, that was great. Cool. Um, other songs probably that 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 um, I love the opening in in my framework. It's either intriguing or I love it straight away, and mm-hmm. it's like oh, I want to listen to it more because I don't know where this is going, or I'm like, hey, this is this is great. Yeah. Um, this is one of the hangover was hey, this is great. Revolutionary kind, seriously enjoyed. I mean, he double ticks on a couple of these, so. Revolutionary kind, double tick, bring it on. Interestingly, before I knew it was a single, mm. and rhythm and blues alibi was just sensational for yeah. mine. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, it it is it it's down my genre, but would I, would I, I've never heard of them before. So it's a I'm like yeah, twenty concerts deep and yeah. you know, yeah. eight singles and all. I mean eight albums and all the rest of it. I've never heard of these guys. I'm going well, why haven't I? Mm. And I'm not really sure why I hadn't. I mean you know this is South Africa. This is 1999. So this um, is something that I found really interesting is that, yeah, their first two albums blew up. Real, so the first album won the Mercury Music Prize. Second album blew up relatively. Third album did pretty well and then they sort of faded out from there. But you look at Mercury Music Prize winners and you sort of think, oh, yeah, so you, then they won that. And then for a couple of years after that, there were bands around that sounded like them. Okay. So you, you can sort of track things through there of like, oh, yeah, people seeing who does well and sort of not aping the sound necessarily, but heading in that way. Sure. No one sounds like Gomez. Mm-hmm. No one ever had like no one ever has three separate lead vocalists. No one takes the parts like sounds like folk, but then merges it, a lot of the percussion with um sort of the computer stuff and a lot of the digital with who knows what? stuff like Ruth. that. Yeah, the, yeah. F- for a Mercury, you know, for the biggest prize in English music winners, I'm always surprised by how little because you know we'd love to talk on this album on the podcast about how the, this album became really influential and lots of people tried it out and lots of people tried to sound like this. Mm. No one ever really did with Gomez. Everyone loved them and it was a really big thing. But yeah, I don't think anyone's ever really tried to, to mimic that sound. Do you think well, that- anti-folk was a movement yeah. that happened around that kind of era. So uh, why bands were going back to folk roots, but putting them in a more of a modern context. And mm. so Gomez have that from a big band perspective, yeah. right? had that anti-folk feel. Mm. And that's like, we talked about Laura Marling. So she's in the anti-folk era um, and okay. stuff like that. So I think there's been things there, but it's not necessarily been mainstream mm-hmm. it's just it's been a bit more on the underground like oh you like that band they're they're a bit different they're a bit weird whatever we're not going to follow them they're not blur mm. you know it's not oasis we're not going to cover that or whatever it is in back in the 90s and stuff so yeah it would make sense that they are just a bit too different mm. for a lot of people to emulate yeah so, George, your first time listening to the album then, what was your first impression? It was, wasn't it? Uh, so I was listening and I was, um, I really, I did little hearts next to uh, We Haven't Turned Around mm-hmm. because I thought Really? That, yeah. Okay. I, I actually really like, well, it's got strings. It's got like a cello in it, right? So yeah. it's like, yeah, so I in, really enjoyed that one. Um, and then uh, Las Vegas Dealer as well before that, yeah. it has hand clap.
does have handcuffs. It's um. got that <laughs> really that lovely acoustic, like it's just a little, it's just a quick little dance song. You know how I feel about a hand clap. Got the hand clap. Yeah, yep. got hand clap. Declared it. Hand clap and a bass line. So I was just like, yep. Yeah, I'm so on board. That's one of those super Americana songs. So it's got an organ line. Yep. There's like a, is it a harpsichord or an organ? I'm, yeah, I'm not sure. They called when I looked at the instruments. They said they played organ, but you know they would have. Yeah, like, oh, it's probably a Hammond. Of, yeah. yeah, fair enough. Um, but then that so that the cuts out for an organ line. And then when it picks back up again, it's got a piano in it. So it's like you don't have a lot of songs that have an organ line, a different melody for an organ and the piano playing on top of one another. I don't care whether we win or lose. I liked Rhythm and Blues Alibi again. Mm -hmm. So that one had the simple kind of intro, um, but then it kicked in um, with this nice vibe, but it had the distorted harmonied guitars. Mm. So that one I listened to, but then it went acapella. So it's just like, so you've gone from (laughs) distortion on your guitars, playing harmonies, and then you're now you're fucking off your instruments for a bit uh, to do some la-las over Mm -hmm. the top uh, in like harmonized a cappella. I was like, all right, do what you want. Um, Yeah, so that was cool. Um, And then the, I have to praise the effects that they use on the vocals on Devil Will Ride Mm. at the end. We'll we'll come back, we'll come back to Devil Will Ride. Oh, will we? Oh, will we, Liam? Yeah, yeah. But on Rhythm and Blues Alibi, there's, there's lyrics, and this is like a lot of the things where it's hard to tell what a song is about is because the words fit the pattern really well, but when you say them out loud, you don't know what they mean. Sure. So an example, and I'm not going to drop the lyrics in just yet, but the lyric would be, um, you let it flow, let it go, there's nothing to it, anyone can try anything twice. Like, that doesn't really mean anything, but when you play it in the song, it's like it flows in, it works really well with the song. You let it flow, let it go, there's nothing to it, anyone can try anything twice, try anything twice. And so then you got Ben on the chorus and then after the first chorus you got the guitar part kicking in, so they're really careful about when they bring in the guitar parts and when they take them out like it's not just oh yeah there's five of us so we have to making noise for five people all the way through um so something i did want to touch on just mm. quickly so you talked mm-hmm. about we haven't turned around so obviously that's got the cello um i love the lyric in that one just because it's there don't mean you see it anywhere maybe it's a trick of the So yeah, and then it's yeah, so it's just really nice, and the mm-hmm. the film clips a lot of sort of slow mo, it's like a, almost like a, a terror disaster sort of movie, and it's yeah, um, it's just a really and we nice like song strings, to to. don't we, Grant? Yeah, strings always work really well. We like soft a good spot. We have a soft spot. Big for the soft strings. spot for strings. I'm all for the uh, cello. I, I think overall the album felt very familiar mm-hmm. for me. 
um, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing stuff for debate, I suppose. Uh, um, but Blue Moon Rising in particular, yeah. um, that chorus line sounded like um, it's going to be a bright, bright, sunshiny day. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That, that, and, <laughs> and it wasn't. Yeah. It, it was close. <laughs> and, um, and I kept wanting to say it's going to be bright. And, <gasps> and, um, so that's the first time that Tom Gray leads the lyrics. So that's very much a hymn kind of song. It's like it's kind of jaunty and it's kind of a little different. Yeah. Um, it starts all slow and mysterious. It's all very bassy, like you're in sort of like a jazz or blues. I was going to say it's thing. a spy movie. It's yeah. jazzy and smooth, like you're in a spy movie at yeah. the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And just the way it trips from so the, at the beginning, he's really, really softly crooning into the mic. It's just like the very, very soft mm-hmm. lyrics, and by the end, it's just all six of them just wailing on their instruments, and Ben screaming "Blue Moon Rising," <laughs> you know the like. <laughs> Um, so from the from the thing Tom said, Blue Moon Rising sounds like that because I'm very deeply fascinated by that bossa nova sound. Mm-hmm. So he just took a sound that he likes and merged it into a song that he that he sort of led. It had like a slight Tom Waits feel to mm. it. That kind of that song, like which I wrote down, which is funny because the Tom of the band was singing it. Yeah. Uh, but like, not that he emulated the sound of Tom Waits singing. It was just like that kind of I could imagine that being a Tom Waits song. Mm. So sure. that was kind of like fun. So, um, cause it had like, it had that jazzy smooth beginning. Mm. And as you talk about the, when the guitar sneaks in, it's really dirty. Mm-hmm. Like it's a really dirty sound. It's not just like clean, plinky oh, yeah. plonky guitar. It's like, like gritty. Yeah. As a, as opposed to, yeah. So it just still makes you feel like you're in that spy movie. I'm doing hand movements, podcast <laughs> listeners, hand <laughs> movements, like I'm creeping down an alleyway. Mm. Which has always been part of what makes them really fun live because they, a lot of the time you can't replicate exactly how it sounded. Sure. Some of the computerized drums and some of the really crunchy sort of guitar sounds. And, and especially so back when they toured this album, when they were touring before, well, in the years past, there was the six of them and they had really complex setup. So they had... So the drummer who is Ollie, who is just an amazing drummer, he basically has a metal, death metal style drum kit. So he has 15 or 10 drums around him and then 15 cymbals in his giant wall around him and he will be going up and down. And a lot of the songs you can't even tell, like it's the sort of stuff that happens. Sure. But And then they'd have a second drummer who would have almost the same kit right next to him as well because that's... They were like, oh, we're going to get it as close as we can to the album. Oh, okay. But then over time, they've just gone, no, fuck it. We're just five guys. We'll just get, like, you know, you'll play the same rhythm, but he, he doesn't need to have 30 yeah, drum pieces around him yeah. to try and get all the right sound. Is there Are there plans for them to tour this year? Do you know? Um, not that I know of. But so, this could be your opportunity to yes. ask them. But in the interviews that I was reading now, they're working on new material for the first time. They're actually mm-hmm. looking, since looking 2011, at new album out. Yeah, since 2011. So... And they said the reason they were working on new songs this year, and they've started working on new songs, is because it's two years until the 20th anniversary of their next album. Ah. So, so they'll tour that again. And sure. they're like, well, we've got to do something for the next two years. So sure. they're like, well, I guess we'll have some new songs instead. So, Happy Lear. Which, which I will go and see Smiling. that one as well. Because yeah, like you it's will. Cheshire really, really Cat. Cool. Um, I liked uh, the samples that they used in Fill My Cup, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. they had the crackle of like a record player and then an alarm clock. When I was listening to it, it surprised me greatly. Mm. So I was just like, 
I didn't set an alarm, um, but then they had it as a sample, uh, so that was kind of fun because they had like the full heavy sounds of the whole band mm. and then the soft left part. Yeah. So Ian said about that one, this is the one which features the house burning down at Haramir Hall. We raided the Abbey Road Library for volcanoes and the sounds of as many other natural disasters as we could find. God knows why. The song doesn't cry out for it, but what, that was what we decided was the way forward, so we created drums out of disasters. I think drugs. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a very good... Partial, very, maybe. Very, very Unconfirmed. Well. Please confirm, maybe. Well, <laughs> I've been, I went through the lyrics and went, I've got literally no idea what you were talking about. Yeah. Like throughout the entire... And like I'm usually quite good at interpreting. I've studied sure. poetry. And I went through it and I was just like, what are you talking... Like it felt like, is it Dadaism? Where mm. they you put sentences like in a bowl and yeah. just pick one out. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so a lot of it, I was there just going, you guys... You did a lot with your Mercury yeah. Prize money, didn't yeah. you? Yeah, so I, th- I think, it, yeah, I think it's they pick the lyrics that fit the pattern, the, the music, the, the pattern. music pattern yeah. that they need. And if the words don't, because yeah, like I said, the interview, they're like, "What's this song about?" They went, "I don't know." So that, so yeah. about fill my cup. Tom said he, I sing this, and the vocal is me trying to transplant my Pixies brain into my Gomez brain. I think that's what it's trying to do. Pixies, so so as in a Pixies fan. Yeah, so ah. he's trying to write a the Gomez version of a Pixie song, which is oh. because it's got that almost grungy. Are either you guys the, going to the, the Pixies? Start of it? No. In March? I've seen them. I'm going. So have, you, have you seen them? Wrong, Kim. Okay. Do you, want to tell, do you want me to tell why I'm not going? I think you've mentioned it before in a previous version. Okay. Well, so we'll worry about it then. But uh, yeah. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not the biggest fan. My wife, big yeah. fan. Cool. Not me. Yeah. But, I yeah, go to a lot of gigs alone. so yeah so then one of the songs which is almost disarmingly simple is rosalita Mm -hmm. which is just gentle plucking and then it's all ben on vocal so they don't have any backing harmonizing or anything um and that's got the line but i'm sick of crying why did you choose to deceive me what's your plan just to kiss fucking leave me so considerately, just please talk to me. So it's an actual song. We can tell what it's about. It's a breakup song. <sighs> people not talking. It's, oh my God, it's like, it's like an island, like an oasis in the desert of mm. not understanding what the hell this album is about. And he called her a bitch. And he called her a bitch, yeah. <laughs> so, On uh, an album. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's no subtlety there. He just yeah. went, you're a bitch. It's difficult to misinterpret. Yeah, <laughs> just like for context, you know who you are. <laughs> oh, yeah. you so know. That was the one that was sung by Ben, but Tom wrote it. And then okay. Gave it. And so Tom was, oh. it was Tom's breakup song. Oh, like a sneaky. Well, maybe Tom couldn't oh. sing, sing it because he was too sad. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, uh, write it. And if her name is literally Rosalita, I'm like, sorry for you, honey. Yeah. Like, I'm sure. Too bad. So I'm sad. sure it's a mutual thing. Yeah. yeah. But there's plucking all the way through it. Then, kind of Spanishy. Yeah, it yeah. is. Um, yeah, sure. And there's a there's a similar Spanishy kind of Mexican kind of song on the first album, which mm-hmm. I don't love because it's mostly just Mexican cliches in the in the lyrics. Like they're just like, "Here's that Mexican song." Oh, it's so like, it's like mariachi rather yeah, than Spanish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, but then in this one, so there's all that gentle plucking, but then three times they hit a chord, and because of the because they haven't done it all the way through, it's got the, it's got like a little just a little punch, not a big punch like a couple of the other ones have been mm-hmm. because it's still soft song. But it's just a You sound like you've listened to this a couple of times. I've heard, no. this, I've heard this, like, yeah, these melodies that I remember, like even just three notes just played on a thing. I'm like, yeah, I remember this bit. This is awesome. <laughs> so, yeah. 
And then we head into the final two. Yeah. So two California, my... you are in a desert when you yes. listen to that. You are. It's you? desert rock. It is, yeah. Yeah. This is one. Of, this is one of the ones For where you go. Oh. Two minutes. You're in a desert. Mm-hmm. Get alive. Yeah. So it's so it's it's the big epic number. It goes for seven and a half minutes. Um, it has a very slow intro with um, like I think it's either violin or just feedback stuff that's coming through on it. Um, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't write that bit down. Sorry. Yeah. No. <laughs> no did I. But yeah, so it's got the slow, slow, and then it builds up, and then they've got the big riff, thrashing mm-hmm. the guitar, and then the wailing from Ben at the start of the second verse. So he goes. Oh, so I yes. used to, Love around about this time, I was hanging out on the internet a lot and I used to go to IRC, which was an internet chat thing. I loved IRC. IRC was the best and I miss it. Um, but it was Never heard of it. So yeah. It was basically like a chat room, but completely anonymous. Like you would just create a username, you jump into the room and you just start talking to people. And there were rooms that were supposed to be dedicated to different things, but there were some rooms where you could just jump into and talk shit and just do whatever you wanted mm-hmm. to do. And so, yeah, when I got bored, I would just jump into chat rooms and open with if you want to kiss then do it fast get in line baby get in line as the first thing i'd put into the chat just to see how what reaction and people like me go block yeah (laughs) yeah we say how did that work for you it wasn't really trying to achieve anything so i was just wanted to see what what kind of reaction it would get so i used like you probably have been the most stoked like if anyone came back and said oh yeah that's the lyrics (laughs) Yeah, yeah, so, that's what. No one ever did that. No, 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 no. no. I made besties forever. <laughs> I made literally some of my best friends for life in IRC chat rooms in the nineties about the Manic Street Preachers. Nice. Really? Huh? So, yeah, and then and we've all grown up, but uh, yeah. So IRC, you? it's a real thing. Hmm? But have you grown up? Um, yeah, like I. Like wear work pants and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and like long sleeves. I've got a freaking job. I cover yeah. my tattoos. Anyway, we're off topic. So yeah, so California, it has the oomph. Yes. So oomph the, at the end. They finish with the two, yeah, they finish with two epic songs in two different styles. So one is like mm-hmm. the more empty, not not empty, but one is the, I guess the, well, the final song is the party song. So this one is the opposite of the party song. It's still upbeat and it's still... Got a really cool riffs and lots of different little pieces in it, and then at the end, Ben's like screaming out, um, "California's angel, it's more than I can stand." Calling down the sunset's pain, sentimental star unsolved. As soon as we wake, funny in the morning state, funny in the morning state. 
So I don't know what you guys are talking about lyrics not being understandable. Everyone knows everyone knows exactly what that means. That's very clear. <laughs> so what I'm thinking sure. is California has a lot of peyote yeah. drugs in it. <laughs> so that's probs where we're going. Yeah. And that's definitely one hundred percent. And that's totally we were driving okay. Driving through a desert and just did some stuff and just scribbled down what happened and it was great. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> made a record, made some money. Yeah. Everyone's yeah. cool. Everyone right? was cool. Everyone, everyone cool. was cool. Yeah. No harm, no foul. Yeah. And then we wrap it up, of course, with Devil Will Ride, yes. which is the So I'm allowed to say what I'm allowed to say now? Yes, you can say what you were going to say. So there was um, effects on the voices, which yes. made them sound really old school retro. And I really enjoyed listening to the effects they had in the voice. Because most of the time it's clear voice. It's like like the record is clear voice. Mm. Um, but here it's just like they've put it through effects pedals and a shoe yeah. and they fended so up the, with a noise yeah so they have like obviously they've got like the full on robot voice right at the very start But yeah, all the all the effects. So this one's got chorus, it's got the hand claps, it's got the vocoder, it's got a bit of horns, it's a bit of a party mode at the end. Sure Basically, like a, George, like a George song. Well, I thought that, to be honest, with, on the on on that, I thought it, it had a touch of Siamese Dream, okay. or melancholy, oh. and then it's sadness, a little bit of Smashing Pumpkins involved there. So I thought, okay. wow, look, look at you go. I, I just never, that would never have occurred to me. Just a third. I mean, look, I don't have the experience what, what of the two of you. What part of it? The guitars in particular, or maybe even Gish. Okay. I just thought, wow, these could, and it didn't didn't really, I mm-hmm. suppose, necessarily move as fluidly from earlier to Devil Rod. I was like, hey, this looks sounds really quite familiar to, yeah. was quite similar to some of the Smashing Pumpkin stuff, but that's just there you go. the layman from Africa's perspective. I hey, everyone's opinion is an opinion, and we yeah. share them on this podcast. Sure. We acknowledge them at least. Yes, we Might do. Might summarily yeah. discount them, and that's fine. But yeah. So, yeah, so across the whole album, you've got many different genres yes. you could pick on, couldn't you? So, yeah. Like um, we talked about, and where I would draw my some of my comparison was when we spoke about Beck, mm-hmm. where we had psychedelic country rock and psycho folky etc blues jazz and some random extra sounds in there and so there was like like a callback to that kind of those kind of sounds of the 90s where mm. like white boys were playing with all sorts of cool stuff yeah they had lots of different toys and mm. and things. genres that they so they weren't just going we're another indie indie yeah. band doing mm-hmm. indie songs it's we're going i like do, gravelly voice dude what's his ben. name ben he couldn't be in a normal band. No. Like with his voice, with that big, heavy, like On his beefy own. voice. No way. He, could, well. he couldn't just be in a normal band. Mm. Like you'd have to be in a band that sounds like that is your singer. Yeah. You you couldn't be in a twee indie band. No. So he's released three solo albums and I haven't loved them. Okay. Because he doesn't push himself on the vocals anymore. Okay. Like it's just him. It's a, he's got a bit more of a straightforward singing voice. So there's sure. really, really taught moments in this album that I really, really love. That's what I love him for. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't do that as much anymore with his solo stuff. So I haven't loved his solo albums. Yeah. Was not expecting that response. And then, no. <laughs> and then Me Ian, neither. Ian Ball, the 
Twee English Boy has done two solo albums, which I quite like. Okay. And was responsible for one of my favorite gigs. Um, so he played at the, so he, on the back of his second solo album, he played at the Beetle Bar, which is up here on Roma Street here in Brisbane. And it's on the back of a backpacker. So it's basically a bar tacked onto a backpacker's capacity, probably about 50 to 60 people. Oh, wow. And there might have been maybe 12 or 15 people there at the gig. And like there in, you were. So, so these guys sell out the Tivoli. So they sold out the Tivoli two nights in a row together. <laughs> but when Ian toured on his own, there was like 15 people at the gig. So he played his first three songs and like, you know, all 15 of us like, we love Ian Ball, this is great. So he's just like, if you guys just call out Gomez songs, I'll tell you whether or not I can remember how to play them. That's fine. So he just spent the, so he said, you know, I'll play some of my solo stuff too, but you guys can just shout songs out that you want me to play. And if I remember how to play it, I'll play it. And so that's what people did all night was just call out. And because they know which songs he knows he's the lead of, mm. they could just call that song out and he would go and he'd play like a little bit of the melody and go, yep, no, I remember how to do that. And then he'd just play the song. A solo, a solo, <laughs> that's a pretty cool memory. Ian version Recall. of the song. Yeah. And then a couple of times one that was still him led, he was just like, no, nah, I don't know how it goes. Sorry. <laughs> that's okay. kind yeah, of so adorable. Ben tours here all like, Every year, we've seen him three times, and I think missed it twice. So he's he's here a lot as well. Mm-hmm. But Ian doesn't. Ian just did that one show, and I don't mm-hmm. think they'll bring him back again because sure. only fifteen people showed up. Oh, sweetheart! But now, um, don't feel too bad because Ian and Ollie play in Empire of the Sun. Oh, they're, okay. they're in the light, so they're doing, oh. they're doing fine. Oh, I had no idea they're in. Yeah, 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 fair enough. They play guitar and drums in yeah Empire of the Sun, and make the dollar. Yes. So that's fair enough. Awesome. Yeah. Grant, any songs that we haven't touched on or any other things you just wanted to quickly add in? No, not for mine. I think, um, yeah, about it all. Except um, they had records. There was a story there and it, it sort of dissolved and they went to another music yes. another record company and, and there was a bit of drama in that regard as well. And yeah, so Hut Records was a thing of Virgin. Yes. Which was obviously quite huge. And then so they did their first four albums on that. Yeah. And then I think they wrapped Hut up. So they were like, yeah, we need to go and we want to be somewhere else now. So they've been on ATO, I think it is. Okay. Yeah, ATO since then. But you can now buy all first, all four of their first four albums for like $5. There's like a compilation of, okay. it's called Five Guys in a Hut or something. And it's like all four of their first albums. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, some crazy Unreal. stupid, like no one's making money off that anymore. Sure. It's fine. <laughs> Virgin okay. are just holding on to it for the sake of holding on to it at this stage. Sure. Okay. Yeah, nothing more from my side. George? Hello, this is me. It's my turn. Um, so I hadn't listened to this record, but if you had played it, almost any song to me, mm-hmm. blindly, I would have gone, is that Gomez? Gomez yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah? Okay. Oh, hell yeah. So uh, yeah, it's not too dissimilar from the first record. So mm-hmm. I could, and I owned the first record, yeah. as we talked about, which is cool, on a compact disc, um, along with apparently all the other Mercury yeah. records. I was, <laughs> I was so mainstream. Um, yeah, which is, this is a, a genuine, you paid full price for this, no? Paid actual money, yeah. Pounds, GBP. <laughs> Correct. Uh, soon to be not Euro. Yes. Um, so, uh, yeah, so I, I could listen to it, and, and I can totally say, it would have been Gomez. Like, there's just the different voices on there. I can remember and I can hark back to when I was 13 and I met them. <laughs> um, and I was like, you're Gomez. Um, and that's kind of fun and interesting. So, I, But I'd not actually, other than bring it on, I'd not listened to anything. So it was really cool to listen to an act, a full album of theirs. And, and that they, I, it sounds awful. 
I didn't know they carried on. Yeah. So, um, oh, wow, okay. And I was there. I was in England sure. where they existed. So um, I didn't know they carried on, which I'm really sorry, uh, guys. <laughs> um, like after I was so nice to you when I first met you. Uh, but yeah, uh, so there was um, so much going on in the record. Um, and I really liked certain ones. And I just, I'm, I'm going to pop We Haven't Turned Around onto... Um, various playlists mm. I think for sure just because with the strings in there and um, I think I even liked some of the lyrics I think I understood and liked yeah. lyrics yep, on that one, that one yeah. which was really cool because it had that drama even though it was a bit of a ballad and it's mm -hmm. really, really sweet so I think that one's going to be that's my definite take home so, so yeah when they played that I think live I don't remember who it was but one of them said is everybody ready for us to play our saddest song <laughs> and then oh. one of the other ones said do you guys? Do you think this is a sad song? This is, isn't this a happy song? So they, so th like when we're talking about nannies of songs, even they within the band don't know necessarily whether a song is supposed to be a happy song or a sad song. <laughs> Brilliant. Cool. One other thing I will quickly flag that uh, which people should check out um, in Las Vegas dealer when they're building up to some of the verse, some of the choruses. There's like a the drummer is smashing like it's not it's not he could have just been leaning back on the organ or the other sounds, but instead there's like this really. Um, I can't really describe it now, but it's like a really punchy guitar, punchy drum riff, punchy drum line, but they've turned it down. So it doesn't mellow anything, so it doesn't overwhelm anything, but he's smashing those like really, really quickly. And I, I, yeah. I noticed that for the first time listening to it back this time, which um, gets which gets around to my final pitch. Yes, yeah. please. I love this album. I've always loved it. I love obviously them as live performers, which we talked about before about how I get corrupted by how great a live band is and it's hard to explain. Sure. You get but so emotionally involved. It's I adorable. I really do. Um, but it's, yeah, so it takes, it builds on what they did in their first album, which was I think a bit more straightforward folk um, and expands it out with a, like lots of different sounds. All the songs are fun to listen to. Like they're, they're not, even the songs that are a little bit down don't necessarily want to make you feel bad. Somehow they've got three separate vocalists and they do all these genre trips, but they're still uniquely them. Like you can, like George said, you can recognize a Gomez song, which for a band with, you know, eight different genres on an album and three different singers theoretically shouldn't be possible, but they've managed to make that sound their own. And, you know, yeah, I really love it all the way through. And it's just, yeah, really cool. Aww. George, we'll you're, start. you're waving your little hands I'm, around. I'm so excited. It was. I've really enjoyed listening to this album and introducing it to you. And you've actually you. posted your the fact that you're nervous about pitching it to us on the socials. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So dweeb. No, pre yeah, no, no pressure. Uh, no pressure. We're like nothing more than to crush, upset everyone. Uh, sorry, yeah. That's cool. So um, yeah, I'd not listened to this, so it was really cool because um, that I um, discovered that a band that I used to listen to carried on. So that's. Always that was positive. A yeah. That's always a win. And I should have known in 2000 when they were playing songs from this album that I didn't <laughs> own. <laughs> I probably should have noticed. Maybe. But, but hey, 2000, I was 15. No. So, um, yeah, it was. Uh, so I really enjoyed listening to it and listening back to Gomez. And it brought back a lot of memories of that time. There was just, for me, I didn't have enough connection between the songs. Mm -hmm. Like, I found they were like isolated create creations yeah. which is like cool like walking around an art gallery 
like I can appreciate them all, mm-hmm. but then, but I could go in any order. And I felt like yep. there wasn't that kind of smooth transition between them. But like my one sticking point, so it can't be flawless for me, even though I do really enjoy some of the songs. But my one sticking point really is the Rosalita song. <laughs> because like, okay. as a lady who yeah. has broken up with people, didn't really like being called a bitch. Yeah. Um, and that was the main thing I took away from it. I was just like, this could be a really sweet, simple, like lovely song. But then um, he was just getting really angry at a woman. <laughs> and I was like, there's better ways of doing that. Um, and doing it on a, when you've just won a Mercury Music Prize, uh, just made me a little ner- like uncomfortable as as a girl. Yeah. girl. So sure. I, if that was a B-side, that would be cool. Mm-hmm. But I just, I felt like it shouldn't be on the main album. Okay. But otherwise, I really enjoyed listening to it. Very, very quickly, from your memory of the first album, would you call that flawless? Ooh. Oh, good call. Um, and probably not, because when I owned it, I skipped. Okay. So when I owned it, I had um, a fancy CD player where you could select which tracks you wanted to listen to uh, with your remote control. Um, nice. And I would do that with nearly every album. I would pick yeah. um, like seven of ten tracks that I would listen to. So I, I know that there's some ones I've tracked, but I can't, couldn't tell you which ones sure. I did. That's all good. But yeah, but I really enjoy listening to Gomez and I like that they exist. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> so I that's like a win. That they exist. Yeah. Yeah. So they, and I they, do, because wow. they're so weird because they did a thing where they said when they stopped touring last time was like oh you better come and see us because we're not you know this we're not gonna be touring again for a while and everyone's like oh yeah gomez broke up like, no no they're not breaking up they they're as much of a band as they can be when they're five people who live in like three different countries yeah but and I'm two sure of them are in brighton yeah and i'm sure they're in constant communication and sharing stuff and then yeah. when they're ready to tour again they'll just tour again it's cool so Sure. Fingers crossed the next three tours are all just 20th anniversary tours from the next three albums. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> well, I, think, I don't think it will. I think they'll stop after three. Grant. Where does one with, begin? At the, start, at the start. <laughs> On a summer's at the start, day. Liquid skin. Why? Where was I in 1999? I suppose we are, I've, um, h- having listened to this and never never heard of Gomez. I don't know the name. Guzman. You're going, like, yeah. really? Like, seriously, that's what I got. Um, Not from the Adams wasn't, family. It uh, wasn't a good time for me, I suppose. You know, honestly, it was a year after my father passed away in an accident. I was you know, failing university exams, etc., and probably drinking too much and dabbling in other things, um, which may have been part of the reason for me missing it entirely. Um, but, um, you know, so from on, I've got the hangover, be my hangover girl, tick, revolutionary client. Double tick, bring it on, double tick. And for those that haven't listened to these things, I give it a tick or a squiggle or a double tick if you really, you know, freaking Or a question mark if you don't. Yes, if I don't know what's going on, I put a question mark <laughs> or a squiggle or something. Um, reference, we, we spoke about Blue Moon Rising, I've given that a tick. And I'm going through here, all the way through. Mm-hmm. Rhythm and Blues gets the double. double. And at the end, I reference Devil or Rod. I'm, I, it's familiar to me. I loved it. I give it flawless. Nice. I'm flipping stoked yeah. because I'm like, geez, this is awesome. And the thing that pisses me off is that I've only found out about them right. 21 years later. Where the flip have I been? <laughs> so for mine, absolutely. I, I reference not knowing, not necessarily appreciating all the voices altogether. Um, but listen to second, third, fourth. I'm like, hey, bro, this is going on my tracks. I'm going to mm. add a couple of these ones on my, on my playlist. So flawless for me, for sure. Maybe I take your point. Maybe it doesn't all hang together. Maybe for me personally, hey, I loved it. Thank you nice. very much, sir. No worries. Great album. 
flipping sensational. So and and thank you, Gomez. So well, you now have a whole back catalogue. You've got eight. To. You've got eight hours. Hey, to get I'm into. in the game. <laughs> and these other one, and I listen to the other ones, Ian Ball yeah, yeah, and yeah. these ones as well. So, yeah. so yeah, oh. thank you. It's and just there's great. another one that the Ian and Ollie did with another project called Operation Aloha. So check that out. Yeah, well. really I've cool. actually I've t- taken a screenshot yeah. of that where there mm-hmm. were like 16 oaks in a tree yeah. in Maui or some yeah. shit. <laughs> that sounds great. Yeah. So I've um, got to listen to that too. I always found it really weird that they were called Gomez, like a Latino name, even though there's the five white boys from England. Yeah, I found out the reason. It yeah. was so cool. You go. Um, so their, one, their very first gig, they didn't have a name. So they had a friend coming called Gomez and they just wrote a sign and put on the wall that said, Gomez, we're upstairs. Or like upstairs. Gomez, really? Gomez in here. Gomez in here. And it was his surname was Gomez. So, so they, they he was just went, Gomez in upstairs, here. And then everyone's like, you guys must be Gomez, right? Because you're in here and playing. And they were like, yeah, all right. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's awesome. a really good origin story. <laughs> That's a great <laughs> origin story. They also had a bidding war on them when they first started playing as well. They like oh. four major labels. Oh, yeah. So I think they'd played like one or two gigs. And the major labels were like, yeah, come and or send us all your stuff. And they were like, oh, we don't have any stuff. But they, I don't know, labels were like, play us showcase gigs. And they're like, yeah, we don't want to play showcase gigs. So they recorded a bunch of stuff on four tracks. Mm. And then like wow. four they'd only were going played one gig. One show before they got when... signed to a major label. Wow. Eh? With no name. One, With one, no one name. gig, no name. One gig, right. no name. Uh, so thank you. Uh, yeah. You know, it's great. They've so, done well, kids. They've so, done well. Thank you both for participating and not quite getting across the line but we'll get it next Aye, time man I thought I thought we were across us British British yeah you know, <laughs> as soon as George open for backspacer as soon as George mentioned bitch during earlier when we were yeah. talking about song I was like yeah this is I think we're yeah. it makes it a challenge though because I suppose I'm like, what if she really was a bitch <laughs> and guys can be bastards and that's fine no, and it's masochistic true. pigs. It's true. And there's Ben Fold's song that I love where he says, give me my money back, bitch. And uh, so I'm like, yeah, yeah I know. How complex. I know. It's okay. It is it's music, okay. Is, shit, music, man. music this is, is a complex thing. This is a really difficult podcast to <laughs> yeah. do. Yeah. I, I think pe- people need to Patreon the fuck out of our therapy. Oh, <laughs> goodness me. I'm, I was like, we're over. <laughs> you bad. <laughs> so speaking of people who are Patreoning our therapy, thank you everyone for listening. We have Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and we are Flawless AMP on all of those, so you can join the conversation, share, like our posts, give us a rating. Every little bit helps us find more music lovers just like you. As mentioned, we also have a Patreon at patreon.com slash flawlessamp, and if you'd like to back us, that would be great. Uh, Thank you again for listening, and we will see you next time. Bye.